We're in the book of Job. We preached on Job himself, and we all are like Job. We've all gone through trials. We've all faced difficult times in life. And from what I can see, you made it through because you're here. Amen. And, uh, well, we always remember Job's wife as saying, just curse God and die. But you got to realize she went through the same thing Job went through. She was hurting just as bad as Job was hurting, and we don't realize that. So she didn't say it out of uh, spite or anger. She said the same thing out of hurt. And you thank God for friends like Job had. They always write. They want to point the finger at you. Say, hey, look at my troubles. I've gone through all that. I've done that. Look where I'm at. We've all got friends like that. But I'm going to preach tonight, and probably nobody's ever heard a message on this guy. I am convinced he is the one to pen the book of Job. And I'll give you my reasons why in just a little bit, and why I believe he is the one to pen this book. But Elihu, I don't know, I've never heard a message preached on him. I don't know if anybody else has heard a message preached on this man. For six chapters, this man speaks. From chapter 32 to chapter 37, this man speaks. And he opens his mouth and says a lot of things. In verse number 1 of chapter 32, So these three men ceased to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. A lot of Baptists are like that today. They get righteous in their own eyes. They can see everybody else's fault, but can't see their fault. Then was kindled the wrath of Elihu, the son of Uthrael, the Buzrite, of the kindred of Ram against Job, whose wrath kindled because he justified himself rather than God. Here, this son Elihu, the son of Bertrell, the Buzrite. If you go back to Genesis chapter 22, I think it is, uh, we find that Abraham's brother had a son and he named him Buzz. And he was the nephew of Abraham, and this guy, Elihu, is the great great nephew of of Abraham. So the book is written around the time of Abraham. In the days of Abraham. In verse 3 it says, Also against his three friends was his wrath kindled, because they have found no answer, and yet condemned Job. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. Just ask you to open our hearts and minds and receive the message to stand in need of. And Lord, we just thank you for what you're about to do and what you are going to do, Lord. We give you the praise and honor in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Looking at this man, Elihu, uh, I would say, like I said, I have never heard a message preached on this man. Uh, man, I, I believe this is the man that wrote the book of Job. And the, later on we find there are some signs that I believe the Holy Ghost inspired Elihu to pen this word. When you read chapter 32, he speaks of himself in the the first person. Verse number six, Then Elihu the son of Bustrael, the Buzzrite, answered and said, 
I am young, and you are very old. Wherefore I was afraid, and durst did not show you my opinion. In verse 7 he says, I said. He begins to tell him what he said. In verse number 10 it says, Therefore I said, hearken unto me. Verse 15, they were amazed, they were answered no more, and they left off speaking. When I had waited, for they spake not, but stood still and answered no more. I said, I will answer also my part. I also will show my opinion. This man has an eyewitness account in what Job went through. Some of the most reliable sources of information that you could ever get in even the courts of the day Look at this as a reliable information is an eyewitness account. Those who witnessed what happened. And here is a man that says, I, I know what it would happen. And if you want the truth in any situation, look for someone who knows exactly and went and saw what happened. Disciples walked with the Lord and saw what Jesus did. John writes the gospel, he was the first a hand account of it. And, and here Elihu said uh, he's a first-hand witness of what Job had went through. Now we're not real clear on how or when he shows up because in the beginning he mentions the three friends but it doesn't mention Elihu in this uh, friendship. But he gives us some insight that nobody else did on the story of Job. You may ask, is there anything that we could get inspirational on this man Elihu that can help us all even the, the youngest tonight to the oldest tonight that we may walk better and closer with God I say yes there's some things that we can see in Elihu's life that we can use in our walk to get closer with God in the day in which we live in first I see the yearning see Elihu's yearning for it at his at or his desire, uh, most people say that he did not exact something to Job as he did if his three friends did. He didn't point things out to Job. He he didn't curse Job or say you've done this, you've done that. But I believe there's another side of what he does. He gives to Job like his friends does, but the whole point behind him speaking is totally different than his friends. Job's friends had a desire to simply prove that Job was absolutely wrong. And they were right. When Job said he, he was righteous, they showed up and simply had to prove Job that he was not the person he thought he was. They wanted to build themselves up and bring Job down. That's a lot of people today. When you're doing something right and God's touched you and God is getting, the, uh, getting you through some things, they want to bring you down and build themselves up. And that's what happens. Elihu doesn't uh, uh, speak like Job's friend speaks. Job tried to justify himself. He tries to bring God down to his level. He tries to blame God. All the things that's gone on to the situation that he's in and the problem that he's in. So what does Elihu show up to say? Why is it what he says is different from what his friend said? Look at verse 2. 
it said against Job was his wrath kindled because he justified himself rather than God. Watch what made him mad at Job's friends in verse number 3 and also against his friends was his wrath kindled because they had found no answer and yet had condemned Job. But you'll find when you read from chapter 32 always to chapter 37, this guy mentions God in some shape, form, or fashion 80 times. In six chapters, 80 times, he referenced the Lord uh, in better than 13 times a chapter. He's lifting the Lord up. He's praising the Lord, glorifying God, putting God up high. Whereas Job is blaming God and trying to bring God down to his level and exalting himself above God. Whereas Job's friends are trying to uh, uh, tear Job down and build themselves up, that's not Elihu's goal at all. His sole desire, he wants God to get all the praise. Sick, can I say this? That should be every one of our desires and our walk with God is God to get all the praise and glory in everything that we say or do. I, I want to see God get the glory out of my life. He says, the sole reason why I interject myself into this story, why I showed up, I want God to get the glory. All the praise and all the honor. He had listened to Job go through his things. He's listened to Job's friends. Nobody stepped up into the fence of God. So Elihu says, if nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. We need some Elihu's today. We need those who will step up and say, you know, this world is cussing God, putting God down. We need some to stand up and say, hey, hey, that's my God you're talking about. He said, if I have to do it myself tonight, I'm going to do it. He can't keep it in. Why you can't keep it in? Verse number 19. Behold, my belly is as wine which have no vent. It is really to burst, ready to burst like new bottles. I will speak that I may be refreshed. I will open my lips and answer. This boy says, I've got something to say and it's weighing on me heavy and I've got to say it. I cannot keep it in. Uh, it's about ready to burst out. And guess what? You're going to get what I've got to say. I've got something to say about God. I've got something to say about how wonderful He is. I've got something to say about how glorious He is, how He saved me. I'm, I'm talking about a great Redeemer in this world today. I've got something to say about God. I don't know about you, but there's been times in the testimony service or in his service, God got to move and people just stand up and start praising God. And, get, and something moves on the side of you when somebody starts praising God and thanking God for what they've done for their life. Something on the inside of you says, I've got to stand and say what God has done for me. I've got to speak up on God's behalf where God has brought me from. I can't not just hold back. I've got to say something. I, he said I want God to get the glory. 
Wouldn't it be good tonight that God would give us all the yearning and the overwhelming desire for God to get the glory from our lips, from our hearts, from our walk tonight? That God, where everything that we do would bring God the glory? What if you, while you're at work, you bring God the glory at work? Or if you're at school, will you bring God the glory? Even if you're church, would you bring God the glory? If God is getting any kind of glory out of life tonight, He deserves it. And He also demands it from us to give Him the glory. You go home and read chapters 32 to 37. I don't have time to read all of it. You'll find that Elihu does, he lifts God up. Talks about God. That is a yearning in his soul to bring God the glory. I want God to have the glory tonight. Would it be God to give us all the yearning to bring glory to God? Is that the yearning in your life tonight to give God the glory? I wonder what is the goal of your life tonight? In whatever state I am, whatever situation that I'm in, and wherever I, ever I'm going in my life, God, I want you to get the glory. No matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing, God, I want you to get the glory. And He deserves that out of our lives. You look around in your life, and there's sometimes that indicates that God is getting the glory out of your life tonight. Or you like the earlier chapters there, as friends were pointing the fingers at Job, saying you're, you're, you're self-righteous, you're, you're, you're bad, you're trashing people. And maybe that's what we are doing. We're starting to trash each other. Putting other people down and lifting yourself up because you think you're better than everybody else. And that's a whole lot of that going around in the churches today. Now I'm talking about saved people. God forbid if we ever get to the point in our church that we think that we're better than everybody else in the church. All I want to do is bring glory for God. And I'd go even further to say I would bring myself down lower for God to get the glory in everybody else. It should be that God gets the glory coming and going in and out of our lives tonight. So we see the yearning. He had a desire for God. He, he spoke up on God's behalf and letting his friends and Job know that, hey, y'all got this wrong. God is still God. He's the creator. He's the redeemer. He's still God. Then we see his youth. I want you young people to listen to me tonight. Verse 4, Elihu waited until Job had spoken because they were elder than he. Verse 6, Elihu, the son of Urtharel, the Buzzrite, answered and said, I am young and you are very old. Wherefore I was afraid and durst not show up my opinion. For 30 chapters, this guy has sat back He's a young man. He has listened to them to bring God down. 
They misunderstood God. He has listened to them to justify themselves rather than God. How wonderful they are. They're blaming God. Tearing God down. He says, I've had enough of it. I've had enough of you lifting yourself up and not lifting God up. I've had all that I can take. You're bringing God down and exhorting the flesh. I'm finished going with the flow. I'm not listening to you anymore. I'm done following the crowd. And let me just say, young people, that's what you ought to say. With this movement we got in churches today, come as you are, leave as you came. Uh, we've got the most screens. We've got the rock shows. We've got the iconic preachers preaching in it. Uh, and you can do what you want to do, live how you want to do. You're still going to heaven. Let, that's not Bible. We need some people that says, I'm tired of what Hollywood says. I'm tired of what these sports figures saying. I'm tired of what the movie stars are saying. I've had enough. I am just going to start lifting God up and giving God the glory. We need people to stand up today in the world that we live in. I'm tired of running with them. I'm tired of looking at them. God's going to get the glory. I will stand and give Him the glory, and if I'm the only one standing and giving Him the glory, I will still stand and give Him the glory tonight. Listen, young people, this world has mocked your God. They have trashed your God. They have trashed the church. They have tried to bring God down and lift man up. And that's what the world expects of you. you know, I find that the world says, you know, it's those old, old fuddy-duddies like me and some of you other in here that y'all are going to stand against that world. But those young people, we're their entertainment. We're their movement. We're one that brings them the joy, the young people. And they know if they can get you to get on their side, they've got you. But let me just say this, young people. If your old-time religion was good enough for me, old-time religion was good enough for your mama and your daddy and your grandma and your granddaddy, it should be good enough for you. Uh, it's not the things of this world, but thus saith the Lord God. I'm telling you, you ought to just say, I've had enough with this world and trying to turn our young people down. Want to follow after them. I'm tired of them cursing my God. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of them to bring Him down to their level. If we have to be the one voice that's crying in the wilderness, then we ought to stand and say, Lord, I want to be the voice that's crying out. I want to give God the glory. I want to bring honor to God. If nobody else does it, I'm going to do it. We need some young ladies and young men in this church tonight to make up their mind, I'm going to follow God. May I say this, we need some adults, men and women, to make up their mind, I'm going to follow God. 
We've talked about it this morning and talking about in the last days and we're in the last of the last days. You've got to make your mind up if you want to serve God or serve this world. There, there's going to be a time that you're going to be a given account for who you stand up and believe in. And I'm telling you, there's going to be an awful lot of Christians sitting in this world today that's going to recant God because they're not rooted and grounded in the things of God. Make your mind up now. You might not be liked by your friends. Your friends might not want you around no more. Some of your family might not want you around. But make your mind up. I'm going to follow God. I tell you what, if I was a young person today, I'd be offended at this Christian movement we got going on in the world today. I'd be offended. If that's what they think of my God, who created the heavens and the earth, if that's what they think of my God, I'd be offended of what's going on in the church today. Amen. I'm just telling you. Well, I, they don't like that old time preaching against sin. Well, I mean, you know what? Ain't none of us perfect. We all got sin. We need to preach against sin. Amen. We need some young people to stand and say, that's enough, that's enough. I'm not going to take it no more. This still works. Elihu was a young man that said, Enough is enough. Stop trashing my God. The world wants you to hand the cake to you and eat it too. Amen. Just look at the way they're dressed. I, 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 I'm telling you, it's a, I'm scared to turn the TV on nowadays because I think they're trying to get down to who can be absolutely wearing the least without totally being naked today. I, I, it's, it's amazing, you know, and this, uh, whether they had him Oscars here last couple of weeks ago, and it, the people that walked across that half naked and people glorifying that. That's the way it is. We, we've had enough. We ought to say, no, I've had enough of that. Look how they act, look how they walk, look how they talk, look how they live. And yet they'll have a chain around their necks with a cross or a tattoo of crosses, Jesus. Just because you wear a chain with a cross on your neck and a tattoo on your arm says Jesus, don't make you a Christian. In fact, it makes you less of one. You want to know what a Christian is? Get in the Word of God and let God show you. Have enough. Say, I've had enough of what the world says my God is. I'm not going to take it anymore. Make your mind up. Speak up and push back. Thank God there's a young man named David that walked out on the battlefield. There was a man, a young man that had a heart full of God, took a sling and a rock and brought the giant down. Thank God down in Babylon, when everybody was bowing down and eating the king's meat and drinking the king's wine, there was a young man that says, no, I'm not going to do that. Thank God when Nebuchadnezzar was king, had three Hebrew boys said, hey, we're not going to bow, we're not going to sing, and no matter what, if we have to go to furnace, we'll go to furnace. Thank God we got young people that stood up and pushed back against the things of this world that doesn't go with God. Can I say this? And Not everybody's going to live for God. Not everybody in the church 
is going to live for God. Make your mind up tonight, you're going to stand with God. You selling out for God. You holding on to God. We see his yearning. We see his youth. We see his yielding. A yearning to please God and glorify God will result into yielding to God's will. There are those that say they desire is for God to get the glory out of their life, but their life is no fruit whatsoever within God to be in them. They don't yield to the will of God. They're doing their own thing. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You say, what is this boy yielding? Out of his yielding to the Holy Ghost, and out of his yielding to giving God the glory, God gives him this book. God chooses this young man to pen the book of Job. He has a yearning, he has a willing to yield himself to God and God used him to do some great things. Just one person with a yearning and a turning and yielding of himself, there's no telling what God can do in your life tonight. Have thy own way, Lord. My desire is God in my life is get him to have his way. If you yield to God, there's no telling what God will do for your life. You know what happens when you yield to God? You become a blessing to others. Let me ask you this. How many of you have been helped or impacted by the book of Job. Ain't that a blessing? And it's still helping and impacting people today. Elihu is still blessing people today because he yielded himself to the will of God and God used him to do something great. You have no idea what God can use for you. God can use you to be an answer to other person's prayers. That's what he done with Elihu. You say, how did the world he do that? Look at chapter 19. Verse 23. Job is asking God, Oh, my words were now written. Oh, that my, they were printed in a book. Oh, that my words be written down. Oh, they be printed in a book. They were graven with iron pen and lead and the rock forever. Job said, I just wish that somebody would write this down. I don't know if you ever saw what was written down. I don't know if you ever saw the book or what was written down. While Job was in the middle of his trials and what he was facing in his ordeal, he had no idea that God had, had sent some young man that had a yearning and a yielding to the will of God to use him to answer Job's prayers. Some of you sitting here might be in the middle of a crisis. God, please do this. God, please do that. God help me here. 
you think God is not listening. God's not coming through for you. That was what Job was thinking. God was working. God was moving. You keep praying. You keep begging God. Keep lifting your request up. You may forget it, but God has never forgotten it. He's listening and He's answering. You keep yearning. You keep yielding. Maybe God will use you to answer someone else's prayers to be a blessing to them. We're talking about a young man that had a yearning for God and got himself yielded and spoken up in the midst of a, everybody else is going crazy in the world. If you just make your mind up tonight that you're going to yield yourself to the will of God. Say, God, here I am. Use me in any way you want to use me. Let us be one that the devil cannot claim tonight. We've gotten so many that the devil has claimed. They've given up on God and walked away on God. But may we have some tonight that says, I'm not giving up and I'm not going to be one that the devil's going to get. I'm just going to keep serving God. Make your mind up tonight. You've got to say, Lord... I'm going to surrender myself to you. I'm going to be what you want me to be no matter where I'm at, no matter what you're having me do. I'm going to be the best that I can, and in my life, you're going to get the glory out of all of it. You say, well, I'm just emptying trash cans and sweeping the floor. Give God the glory for it. You say, I'm just a Sunday school teacher. Give God the glory for it. I just run the music. Give God the glory for it. Be what God wants you to be and give God the glory in your life. Amen tonight. We can be some, we need some of the Elihu's tonight. We need some of those tonight, especially our young people tonight. Y'all facing worse than we'll ever face. It's heading to you. It's coming to you. God tarries. Y'all going to go through some stuff. Amen.